coming up on Nineworks Radio, your bodywork questions answered. Nineworks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, taking you closer than ever to the world's finest sports cars and the culture and history behind them. The show is brought to you by nineworks.co.uk, the innovative online platform for Porsche enthusiasts. Hosted by Porsche journalist Lee Sibley and 993 owner and engineer Andy Brooks, with special input from friends and experts around the industry, including you, our valued listeners. Mr. Andy Brooks. Good day, good day, Lee Sibley. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Hope you are too, and I hope you are listening at home. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Nine Works Radio. It's just the two of us today, Andy. Yeah. For now, at least. Uh, yeah. Until we got our guest, I thought we'd um, yeah keep it a little bit more tight this week because it was such a long episode last week. But I hope everybody enjoyed it. I think it was um, it was worth. I think it just just pipped the two hours, which is I think our longest one. Um, but yeah. Yeah, let's uh, a bit more succinct this week. <laughs> yes. So we put out via our social media channels um, a bit of an SOS. We wanted your questions on anything to do with bodywork. That includes paint, um, protection, PPF, restoration, absolutely anything. Um, and we were putting them to Steve Shaw, the CEO of Charade Accident Repair, who is going to be on shortly and has very kindly offered to answer all of your questions. So lots to be learned today. Yeah. Lots. Some great questions actually that that have been um, yeah, put forward. So yeah, I look forward to, to hearing the answers. Definitely, definitely. Um, the majority of the questions have actually come from our Patreons, which is awesome. Um, there's a, I think we mentioned last episode, we've got a little WhatsApp group now just to um, engage more with our Patreons. That's something we were really keen to do. We'll be doing lots more with those guys and girls going forward. If you want to uh, join our Patreons and be a part of that, um, just go on to Buzzsprout where our podcast is and there's a link at the bottom Andy has put to support the show yeah. and you can get involved that way absolutely yeah give us a shout if you can't find that give us a shout and uh, we'll get you indoctrinated into patreon <laughs> indoctrinated i love it yeah <laughs> sounds far more sinister than it's uh than it <laughs> it is, does, but, uh... it? <laughs> <laughs> right okay um with that said i think we'll get steve on shortly but it's worth just kind of um running kind of or re-establishing who steve is and who charade are um yeah. We did speak to Steve in the last, in the previous series, um, who just kind of shared a little bit about Charade and, and its story. But if you didn't hear that, it's worth recapping that Charade is um, a family business, essentially, uh, established in 1968. It's now on to the, the second generation, so second generation family business, headed up by Stephen Shaw. The difference between Charade and, and other um, accident repair centers or body shops is Charade is Porsche recommended and, and, and they are one of only a handful of businesses in the UK that comes with Porsche recommendation. The criteria to be accredited essentially as Porsche recommended is extremely strict. Um, so, yeah, as you can imagine, the standard of practice at Charade is extremely high. And, and having been there quite a lot over the past year, actually doing various bits and pieces with them, um, I've seen it for myself. So we are super, super chuffed 
to have someone of uh, Steve's ilk on the show to offer his expertise on on a varying degree of questions today. So super, super happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Really looking forward to, to cracking through these questions and finding out how I can get my car resprayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you seriously like thinking about that then, Andy? Or? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's definitely going to need some work at some point in the future. Um, it's unfortunately it's uh, succumbing to you know a little bit of um, corrosion around the windscreen, which always sort of pushes the pushes the hand, doesn't it? So yeah. it's only slight, but uh, I know it's coming in the next few years. Textbook nine nine three. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is that is that um, a a color change, or you're going to stick with guards? Oh, I don't know. I keep flipping about that, thinking about it. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not, maybe. I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Awesome. Let's have yeah. a beer and discuss it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> right. In any case, um, let's get Steve on. Let's get the questions going. Let's get the answers coming. Um, and yeah, just as I say, prepare to learn lots this episode about bodywork and everything associated with that of your Porsche. Hello, Steve from Charade. Thanks for joining us on Nine Works Radio. Good morning, Lee. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> morning, I'm Steve. Very, very good morning. Good. Good morning, Andy. Yeah. Steve, you're my old co-drive, my old partner in crime on the old uh, box the cup. <laughs> exactly, uh, fellow racing driver. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm the Eddie Irvine to your Michael Schumacher, though. <laughs> <laughs> what with you having chalked up a win, and uh, I'm still dining out on my sixth place position. Yeah, but you, you've only had one go at it, so you, you did really well. Excellent. No, we, we we spoke about it in the last episode, and you know I gave like sincere thanks to all you guys for that. Um, you must be looking forward to climbing back in the seat and, and cracking on with the season. Yes, I am. Yeah, I can't wait. Next one is uh, June the eighteenth at Snetterton. Yeah. Um, so yeah, can't wait to get back out there. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. But but you were pleased to get the car back in one piece, hey? Yeah, I wasn't. It was, it was quite funny. I was, <laughs> I was, when I um, obviously turned up to to Brands Hatch to watch you race when I got back from doing the High Rocks in London. Um, I was watching you going around and I'm thinking, oh God, I'm just so excited. I just wish I was driving the car at that point. But <laughs> it was equally, it was very nice to, uh, to watch the car going around. Um, and, and obviously you've been competitive in what you were doing as well. Oh, I was wicked. Well, we, we'll be following you this season. And, and as we've mentioned previously from our competition from last series, we'll bring the, the winner along, Justin, who designed the livery on the car. So we'll look forward to doing that probably at back at Brands later in the season. I think that's yeah. September. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you'll have a, a nine works entourage there without a doubt. So, <laughs> yeah, what was but, it like seeing the car going around, Steve? You know, it was great because you only ever see it from the one perspective inside the car. And um, you don't, you sort of forget how good the car looks. Um, yeah. And the, the, the paint just pops and the, the silver that we used when the sun shines on it with being a satin finish as well, it's just so reflective. Yeah. Um, and it, it just looks brilliant. Um, it, it was, I was um, filled with pride watching it going around. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed the whole weekend at Brands, there were a lot of people taking pictures of the car, and yeah. uh, the vast proportion of that audience were female. Um, <laughs> why, did you, why, why, why did you go well, for you stage, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly, certainly a, a, a car that captures the imagination. So, um, it's funny, I, I never get that when I'm driving it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'd love to claim that by my crash hat on at the time. Um, Yes, but um, we're not here to talk about the race car today. We have got a really interesting pod, actually, because we've kind of handed it over to our audience, in particular our Patreon members, um, for like a a bodywork 
FAQ slash, you know, uh, Bodywork Paint 101, uh, which obviously that's where your mm-hmm. expertise comes into it with with Charade, really. So thank you for kind of, um, yeah, sticking your neck out and offering your expertise on that. Okay. I must point out, this is purely my point of view. This is the, uh, this, this isn't gospel. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is how I would see it anyway. So don't somebody come along and say, oh, well, I'd do it this way, I'd do it that way. Like I say, this is purely my, my opinion on it. Uh, the, the best episodes always start with a disclaimer anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, Steve, obviously you guys hosted the Nine Works Awards. It's been a busy start of the year on, on that front and some other uh, restoration projects you've been involved in. And you're also expanding as well. It's worth touching on that. Uh, yes, we are. We are now obviously pleased to uh, announce that we've now got our second site open in Bristol around the Avermouth area. Awesome. Um so yeah, that's we are going through the process of uh, getting that Porsche approved. Um, so we, we do our um, first audits tomorrow, fully enough uh, this Wednesday. Um, so all being well, uh, we should be able to. We've got the the guys um, all booked on for the Porsche specific training. Um, so yeah, looking forward to get uh, getting that up and running and full of Porsche as soon as we can. Um, but yeah, lo- lovely business. Um, great group of people that we've, we've taken on board uh we like i say we're going through the process of uh, of rebranding it making it fit the charade profile if we if you like um but yeah brilliant group of people um brilliant team that we've we've, uh, we've adopted um and are, are now part of the charade family excellent absolutely well excellent it's it's worth pointing out as well that uh listeners and, and followers of nine works should hopefully be able to take a look around uh, the place for themselves all being well, because the end of our current series coincides with our 100th episode. And Andy and I would really like to do uh, an event to celebrate that. And um, yes, it'd be great to come to come to Charade Bristol. I know we've yeah, we'd, we'd, about uh, we'd, we'd love you to uh, come and have a look at it and, and see what we've been up to. Amazing. That'd be awesome. So we'll do our 100th podcast uh, from the new premises and, and we'll, we'll be able to, yeah, you guys will be able to show everybody exactly what, what the new place is like. So. Yeah, we'd love to. Yes. Love to. Excellent. Oh. Well, Andy, you might as well kick off because you, you've, you've got a question straight off the bat, haven't you? So I have. Yeah, I've got a, a personal question. Um, now, I've got a ducktail on my car, mm-hmm. um, which is a fiberglass ducktail yeah. um, rather than a like carbon fiber or mm. aluminium or steel. Um, obviously, I went a bit cheap, not like Lee's um, number that he's got on the back of his. Um, now, when I bought it, it was um, it came very luckily for me. It came in guards red, mm-hmm. um, but the color is just a slightly off to to the rest of my car. So, yeah, I've been thinking about getting that repainted. Uh, when I've discussed that with um, a couple of guys and. You know, looking to repaint it uh, they've almost sort of shied away from the subject um sort of sort of saying you know it looks fine <laughs> and i'm sort of thinking are they trying to trying to push me away from doing it because it's difficult to to get a match because you've got the glass fiber material next to the the steel is there some sort of issue there um not necessarily um again different um, components or, or, or different materials will produce different effects. Um, if, if you look on most modern cars, the the plastic bumpers or PUs, as we call them, yeah, look slightly different. That is only because how paint reacts differently to plastics as opposed it, it would to uh, steel or, or aluminium. Um, saying that, though, 
um, with uh, GRP or fiberglass, um, it, it shouldn't really be too much a problem because you, you'd still prepare the products um, in exactly the same way as you would with um, uh, with, a, with a metal component or, or aluminium or indeed plastic. So it's, it's all down to your primer. Um, yeah, co- colour selection is always um, is, is paramount. Um, yeah. So that, again, the first thing I would look at is is the, the um, the condition of the paintwork of your rear wings that we're trying to match it to. Are they original? Are they faded? Are sure. they two different colours? Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but again, it, it's like most things. There's, there's technology out there today with the, the photo spectrometer camera, which we've, we've shown Lee when he's been down on site yes. here. Um, so we, we can get a, the, the computer can can generate a pretty accurate match. Yeah, I had um, that done actually when um, I had the front bumper sprayed mm. um, and I went along to a, a local paint supplier. I think it's Rainbow Paints. I think they're—I don't know if they're around all over the place, but there's a, at least a few down mm. here. Um, and they had a spectrometer. Um, took some readings off the petrol cap that I took yep. took along, mm. um, and the match from front bumper to my existing, um, you know, bonnet and wings. Amazing. I don't think anybody notices that the, you know it's a, a different. No, exactly. So I, I yeah. think I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much about it um it, it is doable okay excellent you've signed up for the job then steve oh thanks very much told you the podcast will be worth we're away we're away well funny enough so a, a nine works member left um a car at charade after the nine works awards back in april which obviously you guys were, were the hosts of um and that was quite interesting so it's a fairly rare car obviously it's original yeah. paint had some stone chips and whatever and and you guys have managed to fill the stone chips but keep the original paint how how are you able to do that because that's super interesting yeah again well it, it, it all depends on the needs of the customer like I say with this one particular car super rare car uh, and obviously the client wanted to like you say keep it as original as possible um because it's it's a darker colored car as well it's, it's a it's a metallic dark blue um, there are products on the market which are like colour polishes, um, which um, are exactly what they, they are. You, you, you apply it to the car like you would any polish or wax with a cloth, um, and it sort of infills those small sort of minor, minor chap chips that you'd pick up off the, uh, off the road as you're going along. Um, and, and I must say the, um, the, the result that's come from the back of it is, is really good. Um, yes, yeah, certainly works better on, on certain um, colours than, than others. Um, but yes, this, this one sat in the in the showroom now, ready for collection later on today, um, and it, it looks pretty good. Awesome, yeah. So, is it mainly with like darker colours? I assume it works better. Yeah, or... yeah. So, darker colours, black generally. It's it's the darker colours that uh, stone chips tend to show up on more. Um, so, your dark blues, your blacks, etc. Um, and it, it's just a better way of, of of creating a uniform effect. Obviously, the, the stone chips are still there. Um, it's no getting away from the fact that they are still there yeah. um but that they're not you've, you've physically got to look at them to, to try and find them as opposed to see them a, a, a white stone chip showing through a, a blue or a black bonnet say yeah yeah that I'm, stands I'm, out i'm aware of the product um what was it called color magic back yeah in that's the 80s. it yeah yeah so it's, it's, it's basically exactly the same, same thing. thing yeah yeah okay cool blimey still still going yeah yeah it's funny but it's just like the perennial debate really and, and we discussed it uh, or we touched on it last episode of the podcast, but where uh, the engines in the back of a uh, Porsche, they don't seem to seem to have on sports cars, of course, they, they don't have so many grills at the front. So there mm-hmm. tends to be a bit more 
like surf Sarah or Pain, you know, a lot surf more Sarah paint, on yeah. the front. Yeah, so yeah. They, they kind of they garner more kind of stone trip chips that stand mm. out naturally. Um, so as an owner, particularly say of a classic and or a rare car, you're constantly thinking, well, you know, originality of paint is kind of uh, seen as as crucial from a selling point of view, but from an aesthetical point of view as the owner, which, you know, you are in the here and now, mm. it just looked better with a bit of paint on it in, in my regard. And um, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I remember being at Hexagon Classics in London and a guy came from Holland to look at a 3.2 Carrera nothing outrageously kind of special about the car um in terms of like collectability i think it was just low mileage but the guy didn't buy it because it had it had, had paint on the front bumper mm. and um to me it looked all the better for it so it's it's this like i say this perennial debate of do you don't you and that seems like a pretty good kind of common ground to to satisfy all parties mm. yeah I, I think like like just like you've said it, it it all depends what you want from your car um if if you want it to look perfect then yes there's obviously ways of protecting that paintwork or that there are customers who, who quite are happy um or porsche owners or, or any particular make of, of uh, sports car whatever it is um that are quite happy to have a few little battle scars uh, and chips and bits and pieces on the car um me personally i love perfect paintwork um so never, never me, stays I, perfect for long though does it no it, it, it doesn't but it, again there's, there's a couple of ways you can look at it it depends what you want from your car how it wanted to look um yeah. i mean yes there's, there's there's ppf uh that you can put on the car there's ceramic uh, waxes that you can put on it to to um, allow a certain amount of protection um but again it, it it's totally down to personal choice isn't it yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to touch on those methods a little bit later on yeah. in the podcast as well so we look mm. forward to diving in with that um okay yeah well andy should we dive into the, the questions that our listeners have uh, absolutely yeah we've got one from um our friend phil, phil farrell um he has just had some work done on the back of his uh, 991 gts um had to have the rear bumper resprayed i think he had the wing as well didn't he yeah um and he is thinking about getting ceramic coat on the rest well all, on the whole car um and his question is how long should he wait um before actually getting that ceramic coat done after the car has been painted so generally as a rule of thumb on fresh paintwork we would say seven to ten days um okay. the reason for that is even on modern day paints which are water-based um, base coat, um, there's still solvents within the clear coat. Um, and that solvent needs to um, evaporate. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, again, this, this process can be speeded up um, by um, colour sanding the panels. Um, so again, generally from, from our perspective, most things what we do are colour sanded. So what we mean by that is once the, the panel is painted, we then flat and sand the whole panel to get a nice uniform finish um, on the repaint and then polish it up. What that effectively doing is taking the top layer of lacquer, which, which is opening it up. Um, and again, the, the, the amount of time that's open before it's polished, that normally allows a, a bit more of the solvents to evaporate out of that. Um, okay. but, but that being the case, generally seven to, uh, seven to 10 days, um, everything's um, um, evaporated from that and it's you, you're not sort of trapping it in by putting PPF on. So this has um, improved a lot with new paint technology then? So yeah, definitely, when it, yeah. Yeah, when you weren't water-based, when you were um, solvent-based type paints, you needed yeah, exactly. a long time. If you, yeah, if, if you think um, you, you'd got a lot more solvent that had to come out from, from the paint and if, if it was sort of covered or um, 
uh, sweated effectively, there would be more long-term effects. So whether it be blooming or, or sinkage or, or, or whatever, there's, there's a few more issues around that. But like I say, we've been using uh, water-based paint now for a, a, a good few years. Um, and again, the next generation of, of paints have been um, uh, tested and trialled at the moment with different manufacturers. We'll, we'll make them even more um, uh, environmentally uh, uh, better as well. Okay. Um, but but yeah, just... yeah, generally seven to 10 days, I would say. Okay, cool. I think that answers Phil's question. But I've got a little question sort of coming off of that. Um, you know, we people sort of uh, lament the, the introduction of water-based based paint um, and would much rather be in the old days when it was real stinky stuff. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> they think it, it's lo a lot better. Um, I'm kind of thinking that, okay, now it's water-based. doesn't mean that your car is actually covered in water. Um, the paint, the actual paint that's left on the car is the same as what it was before, um, but it's the the transfer of that paint onto the car is the different difference, um, and every, and, the, and those solvents or water evaporates. So in effect, it's the same thing in the end. Am I yeah. am I right in saying that, or am I wrong? Um, no, it's 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 slightly wrong in the fact that if if you if you think how a, a, the the product that the chemical is 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 produced um you're using solvent for it for it to dry yeah um the, the the difference is with with modern day technology is that the um that the water that the base coat itself the color bit the color yeah. part of it um that is uh that's mixed with water mm -hmm. okay so there's, there's there's very little solvents if in that um but the the, the clear coat itself, that's still the same. Whilst they've reduced the VOT, VOC content uh, or the amount of solvents um, within the clear coat, um, there is it, solvents are still needed to dry that process and, and harden it off. Okay. Um, what, what you would, what I would say is uh, more modern day paints are slightly more brittle um, than your old fashioned two pack and, and obviously cellulose before that. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's a compromise, isn't it? Is it better for the environment um, as opposed to what something looks like? But again, if, if you look after your car properly, it's, it's not genuinely a problem. Mm. Um, but again, we see if, if, you, if you're overloading the product, so if, let's say, for example, you put too much clear coat on, yeah. um, then it, it, it's more susceptible to stone chips because it it's slightly harder and more brittle. Okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. I, I will just add to that as well that, Steve, you guys have done a cracking article um, on nineworks.co.uk mm. about the evolution of paint yeah. um, a couple of months back. Mm. So for, for anybody listening oh, just to out. find out, yeah, a little bit more about the evolution of paint, particularly from solvent-based to water-based, um, get onto Nineworks website, hit that editorial and, and give a search for it because it's super interesting. Mm. Really, really good stuff on that. Um, uh, Toby Dyer has a cracking question. It's a question I hear quite a lot. It's a question I'm sure you hear quite a lot, Steve. Um, how much does a respray cost? And, and he's kind of gone on to say, what types of respray are there? So maybe if someone says, well, I haven't got that much, you know, what, mm. what other things can you do? And what's the level of quality expected? Basically, what factors do I need to consider before starting such a job? Okay, so this is probably the most open-ended question anybody can ever <laughs> ask. Yes. Um, it, it's huge. Again, a lot depends on budget. A lot depends on expectation. Um, a lot depends on the car as well. What's the reason for respraying the car? Um, again, it could be that the car's rotten and it needs cosmetic um, 
upgrading. Um, it could be you want a color change. It could be loads of different reasons. Um, it, what, what you've got to look at to do a respray properly, everything has to come off the car. So every piece of trim, the windows, the seals, the um, the bolt-on panels, all they need to come off as well. Um, and again, all of this takes time. Um, so if, if you if you break it down into the, the various processes within the workshop, so first of all, you've got strip and fit. So if you think how long it would take to strip the bumpers off, the lights out, the, all the panels, all the interior trims, um, 911 in particular, if you, you imagine how much work is involved in taking the rear windows out, um, the the uh, all the back end items. Um, there's, there's a tremendous amount of work involved in doing that. Um, then you come down to what sort of paintwork are we dealing with? Is it original paintwork? Has there been previous repairs done on the car? Um, I mean, from from my personal opinion and, and what we tried, we always try to do here is you've got to think how much product you're putting on a car. So generally, as a rule of thumb, Porsche have a guideline of what they would um, accept as a refinish um, for um, what they would, would would want us to guarantee the paint against. Um, so generally, a, um, a, a second or two coats of paint would take you up to about 350 microns. Um, so if you've got filler in there as well, you could potentially be looking anything over 500 to 700 microns. Um, so from our perspective, we'd like to be taking everything back to bare metal or, or bare composite or whatever the, the components are. That way, then we know what we're dealing with. You've not got something that still might be moving underneath. Um, so let's say it's had some paintwork previously that hasn't dried or the base been, the uh, clear coat's been put on and the base is still wet. Um, you want to make sure that your the stuff you're dealing, putting on is, is going to be good and, it, and you're not going to have any problems underneath. Um, so again, if you're, going to, if you're going to strip a panel, a lot of work in doing that. Um, years ago, um, the old nitromorse used to be brilliant for stripping uh, paint off panels. Unfortunately, like most uh, chemicals these days, they've taken all the goodness out of it. Um, and nitromorse doesn't really do the job it used to do. Um, it, it still does it. It just takes a lot longer and a lot more work in, in doing so. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's again, it's all about the time process of removing that paint or any filler that's in there and repairing the panels before you start to build up and do um, put your filler work in and, and your, your primer and, and colour, etc. Again, a lot then depends. It's all in the prep, isn't it? Yes, it it is everything that if you think about it, the application of paint is the easy part. Yeah. um, Because all the work has been done prior to that, and people don't understand how much work goes into that. Um, You could. I was just thinking about it earlier. Even on a straightforward sort of repaints, you're talking a minimum of two hundred to two hundred and fifty hours for the paint uh, paint process. Then, of course, you've got all your parts that will need replacing, your trims, your rivets, all your various bits and pieces that you don't want to put. Obviously, some items are one-hit goes anyway. Um, If you're taking something off, you might as well put new new trims on um, because it makes it all nice and fresh again. Um, So, again, really, it it is an open-ended question. Um, As as we saw, as Liv, you've seen with my my VW van that we did in um, uh, McLaren Volcano Orange, um that the paint itself was an astronomical amount of money um on top of the hours that we spent on the job um so again it, it all depends um 
like I say, what your budget is, what your expectation is. Yeah. And can I fun- can I ask? Is there, is there a band? What's the what's the minimum bill you've done on a a car for a respray, and what's the maximum? Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, as, as an average, if if you budgeted for a, an, an average sort of repaint, providing there's not too much work on it, you're probably looking around ten grand plus your yeah. your parts, uh, obviously plus fat as well. Um, you could go to the other extreme. Uh, yeah. we, we, um, we, we're talking to a customer at the moment who, who's got this really rare um, and obscure uh, vehicle um, that wants, again, it's a complete fiberglass body. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some quite a bit of work needs doing on that. Um, and we're probably talking anywhere between 100 and 150,000 to, to paint that. Yeah, so some some people say sometimes, um, you know, where, where you think, okay, well, I, I definitely can't stretch to that. Uh, you know, well, why don't I just, you know, I'll, I'll prep it at home and then I'll yeah. just give it to you to paint, but, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure you've heard a lot. But, I mean, really, it might as well be the other way around and say, well, no, we'll do the prep because that's the important bit. And um, you, you might as well do the paint. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard before, if you can piss, you can paint. And I, that's no disrespect to, to, to whatever, but, you know, I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe don't keep that in, Andy, to be honest. But um, that's, that's, come from, that's come from Leon, Steve. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well, you, you've, you've seen Leon paint or... <laughs> <laughs> um no i, I think it's, it's like anything it's what it's what we say to people is look, we, we like to guarantee everything we do um so if we're responsible for the whole process we will guarantee the whole process um but it, it's like anything it's, people can say oh yeah they can rub filler down and they can do a dent but when you actually look at it though no, it's not perfect um so yeah, again, the 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 most important part. That they're all important, and if if you looked at every part of the process, you could look at look that strip and fit is as as important as the paint and the prep, yeah. because you, you want to have a car that looks like it came out of the factory with its alignment and fitment, um, and and be as good as the day it left the factory, yeah. um, rather than just get thrown together. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and and I think as well, like sometimes there there can be a bit of a stigma against cars that have had paint, and and to my mind, like it should be the opposite. If the car is done properly, and say someone you go to sell your car, someone comes up to look at it, and they get out a paint depth gauge, and they go yeah. over, and it's perf, you know, or it's it's, yeah. it's pretty good and, mm. and level all the way over, and you can see it's a really lovely job. I just don't see an issue with that. No, I don't, and I think it's it's the old stigma as well of as as body shops as of the past, haven't they? And and dodgy paintwork and, and and stuff like that. But like again, for generally, if we were to do a, a restoration job, you get a full photographic library of the whole processes. Oh, cool. um, so you can see exactly what you've had done, and um, so it's all put together on a, um, a USB drive. So you, you've got full photographic evidence from start all the way through. Um, so effectively, should you, when you do come to sell your car, you've, you've got a history of, um, and it's a selling point as well. Definitely. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I, I've mentioned it previously. I think it was when you were on Steve, but, um, when I first took my car to, to Leon, who of course works with, with you these days, mm. I mean, he, he told me the history of my car in paint and it was <laughs> fascinating to see, you know, he said that, that bits had a bit of paint that's really well done. Yeah. Um, possibly done at a, a Porsche Renault mm. repairer. This bit on the back wing, that's been resprayed. That's not been done so mm. well. That's probably gone to a, and you know, under the arches to yeah. uh, concern. Mm. It was brilliant to me to see. And um, you know, again, in, in 
I've sold a few cars over the years. Nobody's ever turned up and gone, well, actually, this has been done, that's been done. Mm. So um, mm. it was But again, was you're only going it, to, it's only when you, you're, you're in the, the industry that you, you start to look at that. It's yeah. the first thing I look at when I buy a car. I've, I've just recently bought a 992 cab. Um, and for me, I didn't need to drive the car when I went to look at it because I know what they drive like. Yeah. For me, it was about, was the car original? Had it had done paintwork? If it had had paintwork done, how good was it? Um, could I personally live with the quality of that paintwork? Um, but again, it's I, I'm, I'm somebody's worst nightmare because as soon as they buy a car, I'll come and have a look at my car. I'm going, yeah, that's been painted. That's been painted. That's <laughs> um, I'm not showing you mine then, Steve. I'm not going near it. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah okay well that's i think that's a really good answer to, to toby's question that i'm sure is going to be on a lot of people's lips yeah. anyway um so yeah how long's a piece of string essentially yeah it, it is but like all i would say to that is look if anybody has got any questions and the, the one i know just give us a call um we'll quite happily talk them through the process find out what their expectations are um and then we, we can work on even if we don't get to do the job we, we can put them in the right direction of what to be looking for for based on what their budget might be fantastic absolutely fantastic well yeah thank okay. you for that um good yes, andy uh yeah there, there was a follow-on question actually from toby um and it's all related to the respray uh, what's the best way to go about changing the color of my car um again so you've, you've got a couple of ways of looking at doing this why are you changing the color of the car is it for long term is it for short term um there's um, obviously vinyl wraps now that a lot of people have made some good money out of that we, we see a lot of on um, on Instagram and YouTube and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's it's sort of dead money um, because at the end of the day, let's let's say to rewrap a car, you, you're going to be looking, if you do apertures and everything else, you're going to be talking 10 grand. Um, again, you're only doing it for yourself because at some point then somebody's going to want to pull that wrap off um, and take it back to its, its original colour that's underneath. Yeah. Um, wrapping a car isn't seen as um, a selling point. Um, it is more of a more of a personal thing. Um, if you were going to put um, ten grand on a car, you might as well put ten grand towards repainting it and, and having it look properly. There is nothing better than a beautiful paint finish on a car. Yeah. Um, and, and but again, it's it's down to personal choice. Why why would you want to change the colour of the car? Um, is, is it, um, is it, is it an advantage, um, or, or just for, for, for personal choice? Um, so again, you, you've got to look at, like I said, long, longevity wraps only last so many years before they start to deteriorate. Um, the, like I say, there's, there's loads of different parameters. I mean, I, I had a bad experience with my car and, and, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say, to say the least, but, um, you know, my kind of view on it is. Uh, a wrap is is fancy dress for your car you know yeah. so y- like you say it's got to come off at some point yeah, yeah so quote, you know there, 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 there are people that spend vast sums of money on something that literally cannot stay on there for too mm. long because if it does it can actually harm the paint particularly yeah. on old, older cars where you don't know if it's been painted no that's it and we, we, we see quite a bit of that as well is obviously we, we get a lot of cars in from um, um dealerships that we work with but they've they've bought in cars that have been wrapped um, of course, you don't know what they're covering underneath. Yeah. Uh, dodgy paintwork, different colours, um, and again, if it's been if a car's been wrapped, like we was talking earlier about how long do you, you put um, a vinyl film on top of paint, 
you might have that same situation where the paint sweated underneath. You then got to go to the point of, right, okay, we've got to take all that off and repaint that. Um, so again, there's, there's a lot of parameters to think about. The early, the early wraps as well and the early vinyls aren't as good as the ones that they are now. Um, so again, the, the, the glues um, in, on the early ones did sort of affect the solvent paints as well. Yeah. yeah yeah great great advice great advice on that um tom montgomery asks uh, he says can steve offer any advice regarding keeping black paintwork free from swirls when cleaning uh yeah i can uh tom so basically black is no different to any other color the only difference is you see it more on a black or a darker car as, as we said about the uh, metallic blue uh 993 earlier um for me, it all starts with how you maintain your car, how you wash it, what you use to wash your car. Um, obviously, keep away from the, um, uh, the the car washers on the on the roadside that um, sort of adopted the old derelict petrol stations um, that are washing multiple cars one after another from a, a same um, sponge or cloth within a, a bucket that's just done a, a ropey old builder's van and then uh, gets used <laughs> on yours. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you, you could look into the process of what you're using to wash your car with, um, even to the extent of how many buckets you use to, to wash your car with, to, to soap it off first and so forth. But again, keep away from sponges. A, a lot of people now are going towards these microfiber cloths that are a lot softer on, on your paintwork. Um, but it, again, it's, it, it's all down to, um, prevention first of all, as I would say. So, um, think about, um, maintaining the quality of your paintwork. So yeah, I'd ideally get it, get it all, um, detail polish first of all, ideally ceramic coated. Um, but then like I say, when you are washing it, making sure you're not using a, a, a harsh abrasive sponge. And again, what you're drying it off with as well, um, and then again, it's the product that you put on top of that then to protect your paint moving forwards. Um, so um, again, it's like I say, you, you can't see it on any other colour because they're, they're lighter colours. It's exactly the same on a white car, a silver car, um, but obviously on, on black. Once it's in the sunlight, you do see all those swirls and, and horrible bits and pieces. Yeah. Okay. That's Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Good. good. Um, I've got a question from Kestis. Oh my word! It's going to be one of those. Samusas, <laughs> sorry, Kestis, I've probably murdered your surname. I do apologise. Uh, I've got a reputation for that. Um, my car is black, so this is probably quite related to our uh, question that we—well, not a question, but um, when we were talking about Paul's nine nine three. My car is black. Minor stone chips are or scratches are inevitable. Uh, what's the easiest, most practical way to deal with such damage before thinking about some serious measures like a respray? Um, okay, so this probably leads on from what we were talking earlier about the 993. Yeah. Um, you've, you've got a couple of options. First of all, um, try and keep on top of the maintenance of your car. Um, if you do get any minor scratches or, or, um, or chips, um, polish them out there's there's various polishes that have got a slight bit of abrasive within them that you can buy from your high street stores or, or online um so again if you do get a bit of um, i don't know tree rub or hedge rub don't go down our country lanes just keep on top of it and polish those out uh again stone chips you can buy obviously touch up pots 
that match the color of your car, either from the uh, uh, from the manufacturer themselves, or as, as we do in a lot of cases, we will actually sell customers little little touch up pots as well, yeah. um, so that they can touch up the bits and pieces themselves. Um, but again, going back to the old fashioned color magic on again on the darker colors, it, it works really well. Yes, the, the chips are still there, um, but they're not as as, as visible. Um, what I would say though, with with when you are touching up. Uh, remember that uh, paint today is, like we said, is water-based. So although you might do a touch-up with the, the colour element of the paint, you've still got to put a blob of, of clear coat lacquer on the, over the top, which needs to be activated and hardened. Um, so that will go off. Um, but again, yeah, you, you can do that yourself at home um, as long as you've got a steady hand and a, a nice little fine brush for, for putting them on. That's fine. Awesome. Absolutely. Yes, it's great advice, Steve. Great advice. Um, Our next question is from Paul Pressland, and he has kindly recorded a voice note for us. I want to ask a question regarding PPF and ceramic coating about how effective these are. Should we be doing it, not doing it? Uh, But also improvement on paint technology and minor repairs, as somebody else has also mentioned. But where's the future? What should we be doing to protect the cars? What's the best way forward? Uh, especially older cars versus newer ones. Many thanks. This this is a great question, by the way, because PPF has just really like exploded, like the popularity mm, yeah. of it in the last few years. Um, so yeah, it, you know, is is it worth it? Okay, so in in answer to Paul's questions, um, yeah, if if you look at the early days of PPF, um, the, the quality of the product wasn't great over a period of time it yellowed off um and you could visibly see that a a car had ppf on it fast forward to where we are today we get cars in here and in a lot of cases it is really difficult to tell if a car has ppf on it visually you you have to check the edges you have to feel literally rub your nails on it to, to feel if it has got a plastic coat on it um they are that good um are they, so, they they're optically good as well in that yeah, you can't opt- you don't get opt- the waviness or anything on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, we we, we see a lot of it more so on on the the, the supercars these days, Lamborghinis, McLarens, um, because again, on particular on those type of cars, it is so expensive to paint um, a front end out on a on a, a Lamborghini or, or a McLaren these days. Um, so it is it is actually more cost effective to uh, to PPF a front end as it would be to uh, to paint it. Um, but yeah, the 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 quality of PPF now is is so much better. So I, I would say if, if you're looking to protect that originality of your car, um, yeah, if you've got something special, let, let's say for example, you, you just you're lucky enough to get yourself a, a 992 GT3. Um, the first thing I'd be doing is is bubble wrapping that car if need be <laughs> in PPF um, to protect all the beautiful paintwork um because ultimately it, it's not going to protect it from everything but it is going to protect it from the elements of the sunshine from minor chips minor scratches so and so forth yeah um and like i say when when it is time to to take it off you might want to take it off and then reapply it after what, five years whatever um it's easy enough to do take it off reapply and you've still got fresh beautiful paintwork underneath um like, so i guess yeah, that's def- with the definitely. latest ones older ones older ppfs you're probably looking at a different scenario where you might be taking paint off like we were talking about wraps yeah again but it all depends on like we said what what the quality of the paintwork was underneath underneath yeah. um it's like anything if, if you're trying to protect your investment 
um, then these days probably PPF is the way to go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously you've got your ceramic coats as well, um, which, which again offer a, a certain amount of um, protection as well to the paintwork. It's not going to stop it from stone chips. It's not going to stop it from um, getting scratched or anything. But what it will do is, is protect the paintwork from the elements, from bird lime um, and the minor bits and pieces. Yeah, cracking. Have I have I heard about a new technology which is kind of taking the place of uh, paint protection film, which is like a, a fluid coating that you drop on, yeah, or something? Or yeah, there's, um, there's I've I've seen developments of that um, where you actually spray the PPF coating on. Yeah, um, and you can do a color change. It's obviously, well, because it's you? yeah, you can yeah. Um, the only thing I would say that on that is obviously you're spraying it and it is slightly thicker um, and it's not of the quality of what PPF is at the moment. Um, I'm sure as it gets better, um, uh, as, as, the, um, as the product um, evolves, it, it will get better. Um, but obviously there's, there's been some early adopters in that. Um, and yeah, it, it is quite, it's, it's a lot cheaper um, than, than obviously PPF. Um, and a lot quicker to do because you, you're literally just masking bits and pieces up and, and spraying it on a car and baking it in a, um, applying it in a, a spray booth and um, jobs are good and sort of thing. But um, again, for a, a high-end prestige car at, at the moment, I, I probably wouldn't do it. So next question was from JP, uh, which I think is Javan. Um, sorry, if I'm pretty sure that's your name. Um I, along the same lines really is it actually worth ppf in as many have said um might might not be the point if uh, the cost is of a respay is actually cheaper overall um, but i think we've sort of looked at that and said that you know it's an additional stage if you want to protect take take that protection to the next level yeah so what i would say on this is, is always weigh up the costs if if you take an average of around two two thousand pound to ppf the front end of a car um, now, certain if if you've got to repaint a front end of a, a let's say a nine eleven, um, you're looking at size wise what it takes to strip the car down, what components need to come off. Um, you've got to weigh up whether it's there's a cost advantage of yeah, just keep repainting it um, as opposed to to PPF the front end of the car. Um, again, like I say, it depends on the on the the condition of the paintwork underneath. What is the point of protecting paintwork that is already uh, got yeah, chips ruined. and damage, it, <laughs> damage on it? Yeah. Um, the, the, obviously, the best solution is, is get all your paintwork um, done beautifully, then PPF it. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it depends on your car. Is, is, is it an, um, an investment car? Is it an everyday driver? Um, it, like I say, it's, it's down to personal choice. But I like I say, you. you you, you could look at a, I don't know, doing a front end on a um, Lamborghini Aventador, say. Yeah. Or a, a McLaren 720, where the, the paint, particularly on, on McLaren, is is obviously more expensive. Um, you could quite easily look anywhere between about £7,000 to paint the front end out of a McLaren. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that basis, it would be more cost adv- uh, advantaged, advantageous to, um, to PPF it from new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, the, the other benefit, as well as the PPFs, you, you can now put a matte PPF on a car, which completely changes um, the appearance of the car as well. So because it's clear, 
So whereas most people were putting, um, doing colour changes, you could have a matte finish. We, we did one recently for a customer who had bought a Audi e-tron um, and uh, the, the cost to have it matte finished from the factory was £10,000. Um, so they um, they had it specced in, in normal gloss finish, but then we completely matte PPF the whole car. Um, and again, completely changed the look of it, which is what they wanted. Um, but like I said, when they come to sell it then, they've got the option, haven't they? They take yeah. it off and they've got a beautiful protected gloss car underneath um, or they can leave it on and it just makes it look a little bit different. That really works well in that scenario, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was also thinking about PPF in, um, you know, if you, something like you've got a an original car uh, that's not had any paint, you could look at it, you know, maybe it's got a few bits of damage on it, stone chips and stuff. But if you want to drive that car, then what is wrong with getting that PPF over the top of those existing uh, small paint damage um, and sort of making that paint last a little bit longer? How how much of the damage can you see through that PPF? Um, well, again, you can pretty much see all of it because okay. um, all you're doing is you're just putting clear plastic over the, over the, the front of it. So yes, it doesn't you are accentuate see... it. No, no, you, okay. they're still going to be there. But again, you could argue the toss that before you do that, is it worth just doing your little touch-ups and doing some minor little um, um, cosmetic areas on that yeah. um, that, that's going to hide the, 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 uh, the stone chips underneath yeah. What do you? What's your thoughts on these guys that can come round and sort of uh, sort the front of your car out on your driveway? You sort of chips and dense guys. What's your What's your thoughts on those? <laughs> for, those for those listening at home, Steve was laughing profusely. <laughs> I, th- I think I think some snot actually came out your nose there. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think that question's answered. <laughs> um, no, listen, I, I will answer that. Is there is there is a position for everybody in the industry, isn't there? Um, yeah. If if you want a, a quick sort of tidy up job that that's not going to last, um, then then yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, it, it's and one it, of those. What you what you've got to look at is for paint to to dry. It needs a proper process. It needs it needs a booth. It needs force drying. Um, so again, if if you're doing it on your drive it needs to, it needs to be a a, a sealed environment yeah. um for the job to be clean and and everything else so yeah if it if it's done on your drive um then yes it's going to dry air dry naturally there's there's going to be more risk of of dirt inclusion in the yeah. paint the finish isn't going to be the same the front of your house is going to be bright blue <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. a Miami blue Porsche, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rather than a Miami blue Porsche. <laughs> yeah. But I think you're uh, right. It's got it's got its place, isn't it? For somebody yeah, that's exactly. um, you know yeah. that's got maybe that's just bought a 911 and they mm. want to give it a spruce up to give them a couple of years until they have a full respray done on it. It's it's a it's got its place to to give you that. Yeah, exactly. You, you're not paying for a facility for the, the stuff to be done in. These these guys that are going around and doing the jobs in the van, yeah, they're, they're good painters. Yeah. Um, but again, they're, they're using the, the resources that they've got. Um, I guess the thing some people will look at it and go, well, the cost of the respray is this, and then the cost of that is that. Yeah. Um, and they're, com- they're not comparing apples to apples. They're comparing no. a rotten, not no, not a rotten apple, uh, 
I don't know, a sausage to, to an apple, you know, it's, yeah. it's a totally different thing. Yeah. You shouldn't be comparing them. No, no, exactly. And, and generally what, what these guys do, it would be like a part panel. So blowings and the, um, the, the products they would use to get, get it to blend in. Um, they have a, a sort of lifespan to over a period of time with, with obviously heat and light and, and everything else that get, happens to the cars. It, it, then after a couple, after a bit of time, it, it starts to be visible. Yeah. Um, so again, generally, if, if you're doing it to tidy the car up to sell the car, then yeah, I suppose it's it's not really a problem, is it? It's, it's not yeah. your problem in six months' time. Yeah. Um, and and I again, had, I've had some work done before. I had um some rear. Uh, it was done on a Corrado on the rear bumper. Um, just had a small scratch there, and I did have an area that I used to have to, you know, regularly maintain to make mm. it keep its best where yeah. the rest of the car looked after itself so mm. yeah, be prepared for that and um, the other thing that i was thinking about was the the guys that come around and push out dents down the side of cars i've had yeah. some great results with those which have negated the need to have any uh you know big body work done yeah definitely a uh, big advocate of that we, we do it ourselves here uh, paintless yeah. dent removal um again for me it's always trying to be about trying to keep the car as original as possible so as, as a last resort, car park dents or little bits and pieces like that, you, you'd be amazed the size of the, um, the dents that the good guys can get out. Yeah. Um, so for me, if we, if we can get, get something like that out, and, and even if it's 95% perfect, a lot of people will, will be happy with that as yeah. opposed to going to the, the expanse of stripping a panel down, taking all the glass out, the bumpers, all the bits and pieces. Because um, generally most most of the need for for these guys is generally doors and quarter panels because yeah. they're then generally car parking dinks, aren't they? Um, but again, we've we've seen some great guys that the guys have done from um, heavy hailstone damage as well. Um, again, from our perspective, we we had a we had a load of Teslas in um, where they'd got caught in a hailstorm, yeah, um, and it was actually more cost effective to get the dent guys in to come and get all the dents out as best as they could, um, as opposed to us start doing all the panel work on it. So they, they got the worst of the dents out and we just finished it off then what, what they couldn't get out. So that was more cost effective for the repair process than, um, than our panel guys get on it and, and try and pull all the dents out in, in the, the method that we would use. Yeah. But again, that's a great example of how every job is different. And a customer yeah. might come to you, Steve, and say, look, you know, the front of the car, loads of uh, loads of stone chips. I think it needs a respray. Mm. And you, you might be saying, well, actually, no, then it's not actually stone chips. You've just got dents and we can pull that out without yeah, ex exactly, any yeah. paint whatsoever. So yeah. cracking. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, this is a really good question to follow then from Doug. Uh, I have a Project 944, which I intend to do some track days and weekend drives in. It has a leaky sunroof, which I plan to get deleted. Would it be best to use the existing sunroof or purchase a fiberglass blank before having it fillered and painted? Um, what I would say, as well as fiberglass, there are other, you know, I mean, like Heritage Parts Centre, I know, for example, on the older stuff, they've got like steel delete or steel blanks yeah. to put in. So, yeah, yeah what's, what's, what's best? Put one of them in or? I... I think, or my, my probably opinion on this would be at the point, if in the future he's looking at a sunroof deletion, then the most cost-effective way at the moment would literally be to, to seal up the current sunroof he's got. Um, because you've already got something that's the perfect size. You, you've not got to cut a piece of perspex. However you look at it, a steel sunroof is always going to be stronger than um, 
than, than a piece of perspex. Um, so yeah, all, all I would do effectively is, is take the existing sunroof seal off, get the, the sunroof shut, um, and then just um, put some silicon sealer around that uh, that hole. It, it's sealed then. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, and it, it's the most cost-effective way of doing it. Then I'm, in the future, when, when, he, when he wants to um, take it out and do, it, do a proper... Uh, welded in roof or, or bonded in whatever yeah. then then it's, it's like i say there's, there's plenty of products out there you can use yeah and would you would you suggest when doing a you know the the, the final thing that you go for the metal rather than a glass fiber feel panel um again from my perspective yes i probably would um because yeah. again steel is always going to be stronger um than than fiberglass if if we think back to Again, if, if it's a track car as well, look at the, the situations you might get yourself into on a track day. We look at what happened in your first race leave at, um, at Brands where um, one of the cars spun off and, and flipped. Um, so again, the, the more metal I've got around me, the, the happier I'm going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's absolutely stellar advice. And, and yeah, some brilliant answers to some really quite clever questions there and quite technical. So, um yeah, Steve, that is absolutely outstanding. And we really, really, really appreciate all of your knowledge there. Yeah, superb. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Steve. Uh, that was great. Um, for those li- listening, uh, we will speak to you next week. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Patreons. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to join them in supporting us, you can do so at patreon.com slash nineworksradio. Thank you.